Lib Liberals reading Leviticus in Tory Times 2018 from Fox's Sock and Bible Translation, Chapter 12. Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, A woman, when she produces seed and bears a male, she remains Tamai for seven days, like the days of her infirmity of being apart. She shall remain Tamai, and on the eighth day the flesh of his foreskin is to be circumcised. For thirty days and three days she is to stay in her period of blood purification. Any holy things she is not to touch, the holy area she is not to enter, until the fulfilling of the days of her purification. Now if it is a female that she bears, she remains to my for two weeks, like her time of being apart, and for sixty days and six days she is to stay for a period of blood purification, and at the fulfilling of the days of her purification, for a son or for a daughter, she is to bring a lamb in its first year as an offering up, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove as a hatat offering to the entrance of the tent of appointment to the priest. He is to bring it near before the presence of Yahweh and is to effect purgation for her. Then she will be purified from her source of blood. This is the instruction for one giving birth, whether to a male or to a female. But if her hand does not find enough means for a sheep, she is to take two turtle doves or two young pigeons, one for an offering up and one for a hatat offering, when the priest effects purgation for her. Then she is pure. So ends chapter 12. Leviticus 12. New Moms. In isolation... This seems to be the ultimate misogyny. To call childbirth unclean. But those who tread that liminal space tell me that it is uncanny, miraculous, deeply risky and disturbing of normalcy. Menstruation or childbirth are powerful whether in opposition to patriarchal powers or standing alone. Christians invented the churching of women and the rules of the double guilt of Eve, if the baby was a girl. Jewish traditions address the timing of sexual activity after childbirth and reveres or sets apart women's procreative power, including the new gift of a girl child. What if this stuff serves the establishment and reinforcement of boundaries for women to control? Is it a punishment or a gift to set women apart with women 
at various times. Do we control procreation, or does procreative power sometimes control us? Ritual baths and times excused from routines are not simply punishments and exclusions from superior men's worlds. I even dare here to ask if the language of abuse presupposes a legitimate use of one person by another and should be challenged ad fontes from the basic, as Sarah Coakley is doing. I am reminded, too, of Ivan Illich's shadow work, which challenged our categories of productivity and employment to define the good in human living, the you in eugenics, euthanasia, or utopia, in an ethic of vernacular work that he offered, or conviviality. Our world of fertility treatments, of neonatal and perinatal critical care, acute care, genetic manipulation of genetic choices formerly categorized as abortion, is flattened by utilitarian situation ethics of benefit and burden. This world of clean and unclean challenges our consumption with purity, which is never achieved or possessed by anybody. Back up into a worldview of setting apart, lifting up, making holy. Then move ahead into the experience of half of humanity in being set apart, lifted up, brought close in intimate relationships, or released into a separate identity protected by boundaries that can be, has been, construed in misogynist patterns, but it might convey celebration of menstruation, gestation. It's a short chapter, but a big topic. Who knows about postpartum depression? What's the emotional experience of menstrual rhythm or pregnancy or childbirth or nursing? Do you think that new moms or old moms might have a word to say about this text? None of this is mine to define, but I've been listening for a long time, and the wisdom might be yours. <laughs>